Hello and welcome to the Investing on the Go podcast. I'm James Yardley and today we're joined by Hugh Rees, the Elite Rated Manager of Mice and US Opportunities Fund. Thanks very much for joining us, Hugh. Thank you, James. And um, you last spoke to us uh, in April uh, and uh, then I think you predicted the bottom of the market. Um, you said it was the time to be buying small uh, and mid-cap stocks and, and you've been proven right. I think uh, your fund has beaten the S&P uh, since then. So what have you bought which has done particularly well? I mean, to be honest, it, it was a great time to buy pretty much almost anything. I mean, stocks were on sale across the board. And there was a lot of fear in the market. And it was a great chance for us to, to be a bit greedy and, and, um, and really to, to buy stocks that we'd had our eye on for, you know, in some cases, years. But, you know, despite these being great companies, we, we, we'd never had the chance in the past really to buy them at valuations that for us really made sense, where you've got a good margin of safety if something goes wrong, but if, if everything goes right, then you can make an awful lot of money for clients um, and, and taking minimal risk. So, you know, back then, I think we were fairly early on to realize that with lots of people being stuck at home, but probably in many cases still working and still earning, um, and not having um, much opportunity to spend that money on things like holidays and going out, that people would start spending money on what was all around them, i.e. i.e. their home. And you know, there were quite a few companies that we identified in the US that really fitted well into that idea of people increasing their spending towards um, home uh, repair and remodeling or just sort of general bits and pieces and furniture. So in terms of actually individual stocks um, that we've had the opportunity to buy, um, you know, there's a couple of things that I'd highlight. Um, one, there's a firm called Trex, which um, it manufactures decking, but rather than just wooden decking, what it does is it um, takes recycled plastic and makes a synthetic product, which people can put out in their gardens and in front of their houses, that doesn't require the same amount of maintenance that, say, wood um, requires. Um, and so it's a great premium product, and, and clearly they've seen sales um, go go extremely well. Um, another example would be a, a, a retailer called Floor and Decor, which you know, sells flooring products, whether it's tiling or whether it's um, floorboards, real or synthetic. Um, again, you know, people investing in their floors. Um, and then finally, you know, and, and perhaps a more obvious example, we we purchased uh, one of the largest home builders in America. Um, you know, just the same as in this country, a lot of people at home in, um, especially in urban environments, who are looking to move out to houses with more space, um, perhaps more garden as well. Um, and at the same time, you've got record low interest rates. So affordability of housing is very uh, is very good at the moment. So, you know, all of the house builders, but in particular Pulte, which is the one that we um, purchase shares in, have done very, very well. I mean, they've seen business grow 30 40%. And certainly far, far greater than what they were expecting back in March. So that's sort of one sort of scene that's, that's done very well for us. Um, but then, you know, there are plenty of other companies that um, we got a chance to buy that, you know, have been trading on very high valuation for a period of time that had fallen. Um, one example was Goosehead Insurance, which was an insurance brokerage that's growing very fast. Um, another one is um, Bright Horizons Family Solutions, which some people may be familiar with in the UK. And they operate um, children's nurseries. And clearly, with everyone working at home, um, the whole sector has, has been hit very hard. But 
as people have been going back to work, and certainly the states, people have been going back to work much more quickly than here. Um, business has recovered pretty quickly, although you know, unfortunately, um, a lot of the smaller comp- competitors may have been forced out of business, which obviously leaves the larger, um, more financially str- uh, stronger companies in a better position to capture market share going forward. Thank you. And one of the interesting things, when I look at your fact sheet, um, I don't see any of the big tech names there, um, which makes it, I think, all the more impressive you've been able to outperform since the bottom. Um, why, why is that? And what do you think the outlook is for, for these names? Because I mean, the headlines have just been absolutely dominated by the strength of these big tech, tech names. Um, yeah. Do you think they're just too expensive here or that the story, the story is too well known at this point? What, what are your thoughts? I think it's a combination of things. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, generally, these are all very good companies which have um, demonstrated fantastic earnings growth over long, you know, multiple, multiple years. But you know, every now and again, you get these periods where um, you know, the narrative behind a stock is so great, it becomes such an obvious buy and everyone just piles in. Um, and owns all these stocks, and they, they push the valuations up to the point where you know the, the shares are discounting so much of the future growth that you kind of you step back and you think, okay, well, if something was to go wrong, I could lose an enormous amount of money. But if everything goes right, well, that might already be in the share price, so I'm not going to make any money. That that's not a great uh, risk-adjusted uh, option. So you know, we have owned these stocks in the past. We haven't owned them recently because of um, uh, too many people pushing the share price up too high. Um, as you say, it will end at some point. It always does. Um, you know, we've, all, we've, we've seen these periods before in the past. Um, you know, you go back to the 80s, you know, IBM was the, the stock of the day. You know, IBM dominated the PC market. PCs, of course, were going to take over the world and everyone was going to have one at their desk. Um, and IBM then got the record of um, the largest weight in the S&P 500 over 6% which has only just been, um, that record has only just been taken by Apple, um, which is now the largest ever holding in the S&P 500. Because of course, you know, iPhones are going to take over the world forevermore. All of these things come to an end uh, at some point. Um, You know, you go back to, I think it was 2005, 2006, you know, ExxonMobil was the largest company in the US. Well, you know, now that all companies have fallen out of favor for for reasons we all know, um, interestingly this week, Nextera Energy Partners, which is the biggest operator of renewable energy uh, sources, wind and solar, et cetera, now has a larger market cap than ExxonMobil. So, you know, the wheel keeps turning. And just because you're leading one period doesn't mean you're, you're going to lead the next. And ultimately, it, all of these things come to an end. Um, but, you know, here we are today. And, you know, you look at you know, certainly every North American fund and all of these names are, are, the, are the top 10 and lots of the global funds. Um, and even, you know, these names have pulled the rest of the technology sector along with it. So that when you look at, say, an S&P 500 tracker fund, you know, over 40% of an S&P 5 tracker fund is now, you could now really call technology if you throw in things like Amazon and Google. Um, so as you say, you know, the most question is, when, when does it all end? Um, and I think the first thing to recognize is why these stocks have done well, specifically over the last two years especially. And a big part of that has been because... Uh, the actions of the, of the Federal Reserve in the U.S. pushing down interest rates, and you know, a large part of the valuations of these companies is really it, it's it's a factor determined by interest rates. And as interest rates go down, 
the, the earnings multiples on these stocks go up. Does it, has that pushed you a bit more into the value side of the market? Because, I mean, obviously, we've seen this extraordinary divergence between the value and the growth stocks. Obviously, growth stocks just keep doing better and better and better. Value stocks keep doing worse and worse. And the coronavirus just seems to have accelerated that. Are you now finally getting to that point where you've just got to put a bit of the portfolio into value because it's just looking so cheap? Because I think that makes that's perfect sense. It's been very painful for a lot of fund managers who've been early on that. I think, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. It has been very painful for many people. Um, but, you know, these things do go in styles and growth. Historically, you look back, there's periods where growth has done well, then value has done well, and, and then it flips back and forward. There's no reason why one will carry on forever. And it, it may be the point right now where we are starting to get this turn. And there's a couple of factors that will make that change. First of all, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the interest rates um, may be increasing. Um, you've also got the impact of um, the recession and the virus, which typically value stocks do well as, a, as the economy comes out of a recession, which is what we're expecting over the next 12 to 24 months. And then there's the third factor, which is if we do get, say, a Biden win next week, um, and maybe we also get the Senate um, going Democrat, then you will likely see a big fiscal stimulus package, which would be great for accelerating growth in the economy, which is good for value stocks. Um, so, you know, for, for all of these reasons that, that are sort of coming to the head right now, um, you know, I, I think you, you are starting to see a bit of rotation already. And I think that will only continue. And I think it's important for investors to realize that you, know, you need to be ahead of these big changes when they happen in the market, because once you start looking at them in the rearview mirror, it's very hard to change portfolios around um, because you always think, oh, I'll, I'll wait until it goes back again and then it'll give me a chance to do it at a better price. And you know, those sort of things don't happen. Um, and certainly for, for a lot of fund managers, um, uh, people have made so much money in all of these stocks for such a long period of time. You know, it's been a great party um, and nobody wants to leave the party. But everybody knows at some point, you know, the police are going to turn up and, it's all, and they're going to turn the music off and everyone's going to get into trouble. So everyone's standing by the door. We're thinking, you know, as soon as the police turns up, I'm going to be the first out of the door. Well, guess what? It's a really small door and there's an awful lot of people standing there. And um, I think that's going to be a problem that we're going to see going forward. Very interesting. And in regards to the US election then, are you predicting a Biden win? And do you think the Democrats can win all three houses? I think certainly a Biden win looks the most likely at the moment, unless you know, something dramatic happens in the next couple of days. Mm. Um, the big question is whether the, um, the Democrats can win the Senate as well, because if they manage to hold on, to, if the Republicans manage to hold on to the Senate, then they can block a lot of things that Biden would like to be able to do. Um, but if they can win, then you are more likely to get a big change in um, um, fiscal stimulus, so a lot more government spending being pushed into the economy. And then the other thing that's, that is almost certain to happen, um, going back to talking about the fangs, is you're going to see a lot more regulation of big tech. So people, you know, the Democrats would like to break up Amazon. They see it as too powerful. They would like to restrict what Facebook and Google can do. You know, all of these companies people see as the Democrats see as a threat. And, you know, I think that's another risk to these companies above and beyond, you know, things that we've talked about already. Um, but, you know, I just hope that we get a decisive outcome next week because the worst possible outcome for the market, I think, would be uncertainty. And 
if it is too close to call, then, you know, there's a potential for a whole can of worms to be opened. Um, you know, if you recall back in when it was Bush versus Gore and it all went to the Supreme Court, you know, the stock market went down 12% between the election day and, and resolution. And I think you, there's a risk that you could see something similar if we get on some level of uncertainty um, in next week as we wait to see what happens um, for the, as the results come in. Very interesting. And thinking more about the sort of broader macro picture, where do you think we are now? Um, do you think we're going to get a vaccine? Do you think we're going to see a, a sharp rebound or has the damage already been done? Is this a, a long protracted recession or do we bounce back now? You know, it, it's a great question. Um, I do think we get a vaccine. I think we get multiple vaccines. Um, the question, of course, is how effective they all are and how many people actually take them. Um, and, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Um, you know, in, in terms of how well the economy is doing, um, I had someone describe it to me the other day really well. And they said, look, the US economy is a four-lane highway. Right now, three of the lanes are in really good shape. In fact, one of them might even be better than it was before. Uh, but one lane is really bumpy. And that's the, you know, it's the travel industry, the hospitality industry, leisure industry, all of these um, sectors which require people to go out and mingle together. They're having a really tough time. But the other three lanes are all doing fine. And, and certainly things like home improvement and the housing market are on fire. So, you know, I think we will see the economy continue to recover, but we are going to see it recovering at different speeds. And it's very interesting just to look at one sector and say it's all great, or one sector and say it's all bad. But overall, I think we're steadily moving in the right, in the right direction now. And what do you see for the trade war between the US and China? Do you see that changing potentially if, if we do get a Biden win, or are we going to see more of the same there? Uh, and what does that mean for your portfolio as well? Do you sort of go more domestic, or, or, or are you happy to buy the big multinationals as well? You know, I, I think it's at least more of the same. I mean, the Democrats have never been big friends of, of international trade. Um, and I think the, their tendency is always to increase trade barriers rather than reduce them. In terms of, you know, just generally thinking about how, how the US regards China, I think definitely now it regards China as a threat, as a, as a major competitor in a way that it didn't think about China four or five years ago. And that's permanent. I think that's going to be around with us for a long period of time. You are going to see companies um, bringing production out of China, whether it's to Vietnam or whether it's to Mexico or whether it's back to, to Texas or California, who knows. Um, but I think the relations between China and the US, it's like two icebergs and they're gradually moving apart and nothing, nothing is going to change that. But what I do hope if we do get a Biden victory is, you know, we get a period of more predictable international relations, um, things are a bit more stable, um, and we go back to you know what we were more used to and more familiar with back in, say, the Obama administration, really. Well, Hugh, thanks very much for your thoughts. Always interesting to hear what you have to say. Um, and well done on the sort of recovery and the performance of the fund. Thank you very much. Absolute pleasure. And if you'd like to learn more about the Mice and US Opportunities Fund, please visit fundcalibre.com, uh, and please remember to subscribe, subscribe to the Investing on the Go podcast. Please remember we've been discussing individual companies to bring investing to life for you. It's not a recommendation to buy or sell. The fund may or may not still hold these companies at your time of listening.